Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. I really felt God placed this on my heart and I'm excited about this, this word. How many of you expected this for New Year's to get started, to get going? I want to tag on to what I spoke about last week. God said the following. He said, we need to surrender, right? Remember? But recognize your anointing. So some people surrender their lives, but they have no understanding of what their anointing and their calling is. So they're surrendering to nothing and becoming nothing. And God says, surrender in my anointing, in, in the anointing that I've given you. So allow me to guide you and lead you. And sometimes when we surrender, we need to say, I was wrong. Sometimes we need to recognize, wait a minute, God, I, I thought something, I chose something, I went a certain way, and I, I, was, I was wrong. Sometimes we need to apologize to God, and sometimes we need to apologize to people around us, in our family, our friends. And so oftentimes we want to apologize, and we'll be like, hey, babes, I, I was... <sighs> <laughs> and she's like, what? You're like, I was... What? And she's like, what? I'm like, what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> like, like really struggling to say three words. I was wrong. Why do we struggle sometimes to say I was wrong. Any ideas? Because you don't feel wrong? Anyone in agreement with Yerusha? <laughs> Pride? Anyone else? What, anyone? Like, you're totally cool. You're just like, I was wrong straight away. Just put up your hand. There at the back, we've got one person. Okay, I, I want you to practice with the person next to you. If you're sitting next to someone, if it's your husband or your wife, or maybe your brother or your sister, kids, look them deep in the eye say, I was wrong. I see some fun interactions over here. <laughs> some of you are, are like shifting uncomfortably. Some of you are like laughing about some stuff that happened recently. But I asked the question, why is it difficult? 1 John 2 verse 16 says... Let me just turn there. I turn to John 2. Let me just turn to 1 John. 1 John 2 verse 16 says, And the pride of life 
the assurance in one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things. He's talking about the fact that we shouldn't love or cherish what does not come from God. In other words, that's surrendering to God. And then he's highlighting sometimes why we don't own up, sometimes why we don't rest in surrender. And part of that is the pride of life. You mentioned it there. You, 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 you them. The pride of life is assurance in one's own resources, abilities, and the stability of earthly things. And then John says, these don't come from the Father. Say with me, these don't come from the Father. Okay. So I, I was just spending time reading 1 John, just meditating on the whole book of 1 John. And I was so overwhelmed with the love that John had for the children, that's us, <clears throat> he was writing to. His context was love. His context was, I love you so much. I want you to see what doesn't come from the Father. Because if you have what comes from the Father, you're going to walk in a way that's totally different to how the world walks or how we walk when we try and do it on our own. Life is in surrender. And the, 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 the challenge that people have is they think or we think that I'll have more life if I don't surrender. But actually, there's a process of surrendering that brings more life. And more life is on the other side of, I was wrong. There's more life on the other side of, I was wrong, than when we don't want to admit it. And we don't want to admit that we were wrong in a specific situation. Verse 17 of 1 John 2 says, The world passes away and disappears, and with it the forbidden cravings. But he who does the will of God carries out God's purposes, um, carries out God's purposes in his life and remains forever. Isn't that amazing? He who does the will of God carries out God's purposes. So I'll often go to God and I'll say, God, what do you want to say today? How many of you know I would never have just picked this topic because I've got to look at my wife and go, I was wrong. I've got to look at my kids and go, you know when daddy said that? I was wrong. Any one of you ever apologize to your children? Right? You've got to look them down. You've got to get down on your knee and say, Daddy, Mommy, in all of my wisdom. <laughs> with my father figure and the fact that you need to trust me, I, I need to admit that I was wrong. 
And you know what? My children trust me more when I can admit that I was wrong. All right? So I go to God, and I'm like, God, what do you want to say today? And he, he leads me to Genesis 20, which is the story of King Abimelech. And Abraham comes to town or comes to, to, to their nation. And, and this king sees Abraham's wife, and, and she was obviously something to be desired. And, and so he took her into his own home. And Abraham says, she's my sister, which she was. She was Abraham's half-sister. Abraham's afraid that they, he's going to get killed for it, you know, so that they can take his wife. And, and King Abimelech really thinks that, that she's the sister. And, and so he takes her into his castle, into his home. And God wakes Abimelech up in the middle of the night. And he says, Abimelech, you're a dead man. Literally, like, hey, wake up, you're a dead man. And he's like, why, what have I done? Anyone of you ever said that? What have I done? And God says, you've brought this woman into your home. And he says, I didn't mean to. He's, you know, Abraham said, that's my sister. And God says, you're right. I know you didn't mean to. And, and, and Abimelech says, I, I, haven't, I haven't been to her. I haven't touched her. I'm still pure of heart. And God says, that's because I've been protecting your heart. But now you need to go back and, and look at Abraham in the eyes and, and say, I was wrong. And, and go and restore what you have taken. And so Abraham, Ach, Abimelech does exactly that. He takes Sarah back to Abraham, and he does two very specific things. And, and there's, a, there's a transaction that needs to take place when we've wronged someone or been wrong. There's a specific transaction that needs to take place. And that transaction looks like this. The person who has done the wrong says, I was wrong. And then he says, or she says, this is what I am going to do to fix it. And so Abimelech compensates Abraham and Sarah. And he says, I'm compensating you to vindicate your honor. Isn't that powerful? So let's just backtrack again. I was... I say I was wrong because I recognize that I am surrendered to God. I am surrendered, just like King Abimelech surrendered to God. I am in a place of surrender and trust. And I come to the person I've wronged and I say, I was wrong. But secondly, this is what I'm going to do to restore your honor. It's so important that the person who has done what is wrong restores honor. And even as I'm sharing now, I can feel the tension in the room. As in our own hearts, we're wondering, have I done something wrong? And guess what? It's okay. It's okay to have done something wrong. The thing is, are we going to go and restore the honor? Are we going to go and fix what is broken?
And then God says, go to Abraham, and because he is a prophet, he will pray for you. And he will restore your life through that. So, the transaction should look like this. I go to that person, I look them in the eyes, and I say, I was wrong. Normally, we're afraid of that, because those eyes looking back at us are going, I know. (laughs) Or, I told you so. (laughs) Or, now I've got you. <laughs> well, don't ever do that again. And those aren't the eyes we want looking back at us, right? And here's Abraham, and he is ready to pray. And what does he do? As his honor is restored, he is praying. He is praying and interceding for Abimelech's calling and for his anointing. You see, there's a massive difference between I was wrong and this is what I'm going to do to fix it versus I'm sorry, will you forgive me? You see, if I've been in the wrong and I come with God's calling and anointing, I'm going to approach the situation like this. I was wrong. Now I'm going to open up my purse And I am going to bless you to restore your honor. But I'm sorry, please forgive me, is actually the person who was wrong saying, I'm sorry, now give it to me. Do you hear that? I'm sorry, will you forgive? I'm sorry, will you restore my honor? Anyone been in that situation? Instead of coming and saying, I'm wrong, and here's my purse, and here's my blessing, it's, I'm sorry. There, now I've done it. Now, pay me the love. And we're looking there in the wallet, and that other person has very little change. And we're waiting for a repayment when actually we're supposed to be doing the pain, doing the blessing, restoring honor. Isn't that good? And if you read through Genesis 20, that's exactly what Abimelech does. That's the, the part. And, and then he knows that Abraham, in that transaction, is going to pray for him and bless him. And call out his anointing in his life as king. Now, here's why why I know we can do this. Why I know we as people can do this better. Say, I'm going to do this better. Because one of the promises for this year comes from John 1 verse 16. And it says, for out of his fullness... We have all received. Come on, come on, we started last week with this. You should know this verse well. For out of his fullness, say it with me. For out of his fullness, we have received one grace after another, one spiritual blessing 
after another. One favor after another and one gift heaped upon gift. And I felt like God is God just laid that on our heart as we were preparing for this year that that we're going to focus on what it means to out of his fullness receive grace upon grace spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing favor upon favor gift upon gift that means if i've wronged someone or i've done something wrong maybe i've even harmed myself maybe in my own time i've i've not obeyed god's voice and i'm wrong i get to go back to god and i get to go back and receive out of his fullness it says out of his fullness we have received grace upon grace that means i don't have to be afraid when i'm wrong because i get to go back to his fullness i get to go back to his fullness come on come on church i hope you're seeing it his fullness and i go back and i receive one grace after another and i'm able to give out grace after grace i am able to give out spiritual blessing after spiritual blessing i am able to give out favor upon favor and gift upon gift because that's what i have received someone say amen you see i've said this before but his fullness is our fulfillment and so often the fear of saying i'm wrong comes from the feeling that i've lost something or i have nothing and being vulnerable is scary because that person's going to take it away if i just admit that i'm wrong but now i shift my eyes off of that and i focus it on the fullness that comes from god And this is what I've shared before when we we were watching a series on love and and this person was sharing that love comes from God. Everyone agree? We if we don't receive love from God, we've got nothing to give. If we don't receive joy from God, we're we're not going to be happy. Those things come from God. They don't come from the people around us. So if I want fulfillment, if I want love, I've got to be going to God for the love. And I go to God and I sit in his presence and I and he speaks and he's like, "Daniel, I love you." Kind of in that voice in our backyard. <laughs> But I've had encounters with God where God has spoken so specifically into my life where I just sit and I just cry. because i sense god's presence and his love on my life and I, and in those times i'm filled to fulfillment and i receive his love but i can't go to bernardine to be fulfilled in the same way that i am fulfilled in god's presence in fact just last week we had an encounter we not an encounter it wasn't an encounter it was a conversation <laughs> and i had to go back to her and say bernardine I have to admit I was seeking something that you can't give. 
And I've got to go to the right place to be fulfilled in that area, which is God's presence. And so this guy we were watching says, so many people look for the right thing in the wrong place. They look for love from each other, and only God can give that love. He says they're like two ticks without a dog. (laughs) Sucking each other dry. And if you're in a relationship that feels like that, turn your eyes to the right place. Turn your heart to the right place. So that even if someone else wrongs you in the worst way, you're still full of love. You're still full of joy. And it doesn't matter what people around you do because you're full of love. Come on, the apostles demonstrated that. Even though they were thrown in prison and hated and persecuted, they loved even those who persecuted them. They weren't there going all offended like, hey, you threw me in prison. I'm not talking. No. They loved even those who persecuted them because they were full of what God had to give. So that says anyone can do anything to me and I can still love them. Then you pack the dishwasher the wrong way and there's a fence in the kitchen. The armies come into the kitchen door. I have to recognize in that moment, I'm not full with God's love. I haven't gone to the place. I haven't gone to His fullness. There is no grace upon grace right now. Someone agree. Anyone been in that situation? <laughs> the dishwasher is a safe example. <laughs> but I make a commitment to go back to the Father's love, to grace upon grace. It's not grace, and it's not to grace, it's grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, a never-ending supply of grace for those who can say, I was wrong, and now I'm going to honor, I am going to restore and vindicate, vindicate the honor of those around me. Come on, it's not easy to say it, but man, it is good. When we get into God's presence and there's an overflow of His love, He supplies all our needs. The disciples asked Jesus, How often should we forgive those who hurt us? Jesus said 70 times 7. Now that doesn't mean you allow someone to hurt you 70 times 7. What that means is is that you're angry. 
God says forgive. And so you're praying for that person. That's what forgiveness looks like. I am praying for that person's calling. I'm praying for that person's anointing. I'm praying for his identity. I'm praying into that person's life that he may be full. And guess what? Tomorrow you remember the hurt and you're angry again. You pray again and you forgive again. Does it mean you trust that person? No, maybe not. But you can still forgive. Does that make sense? Jesus said that not for the person out there's sake. He said it for your sake. He said it so that your heart can be free. That you're not waking up confused and clouded and upset and angry. And, you know, you walk into the kitchen and that dark cloud's with you. He's saying it so that the clouds around you are clouds of refreshment and blessing. But not darkness. So I want to just go to 1 John. This is 1 John 1 verse 4. And I just want you to feel John's love. He says, we are now writing these things so that our joy in seeing you included may be full, so that your joy may be complete. I'm, I'm echoing John's words there and saying, I'm sharing this message so that our joy and your joy may be full and complete. And this is the message which we have heard from him and now are reporting to you. God is light. And there is no darkness in God. No, not in any way. But if we really are living... Okay, so go back to six. So if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship, say fellowship, with Him when we live and move, but we are walking about in darkness, we're speaking falsely. And we do not live and practice the truth which the gospel presents. But if we really are living and walking in the light, He Himself is in the light. We have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin and guilt. He keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and its manifestations. You know, sometimes we look at that word sin and we treat it like this big thing where, where sometimes just the smallest error is actually sin in the sense that We've done something wrong. And guess what? It's okay to do something wrong as long as you come back to the Father. This walking about in the light and the dark, as I saw you, just really just, I sat yesterday morning meditating on this verse over and over and over again. And yeah, John's saying, and he's saying it so that our joy may be full. He's saying, if we say we're partakers in fellowship, then we yet walk around with the cloud. <laughs> Maybe it's a cloud of distrust. Maybe it's a cloud of fear. 
Maybe it's a cloud of anger and hatred. John's saying we're not then experiencing the fullness of God's love. Then we, what did he say here? He said then, then we're speaking falsely and we don't live and practice truth. But practicing truth is walking in the light. Getting rid of the distrust, the fear, the hatred, the anger. And sometimes that requires us to make the relationship better to fix it. Not just the relationship with our friends and family and loved ones, but also our relationship with the Father. If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we're sinners, sometimes just refusing to admit that we were wrong. You with me? We delude and lead ourselves astray, and the truth is not in us. Yet, if we freely admit that we have sinned and we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and true to His nature and His promises and will forgive our sins and dismiss, dismiss our lawlessness and continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that is everything that is not conformed to God's will. Are you saying, Daniel, where did that come from? I, I don't have a, a reason or an experience to share a message. But I started reading 1 John, and I realized John wrote this to open the door so that our joy may be complete. And sometimes we come into the year carrying burdens and things that have just been hanging on there, and, and we want to step into the promises, and, 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 and God wants us to step in completely free. And there's a freedom that God wants to bring by simply saying, I have done what is wrong. By simply acknowledging, I'm speaking to those that have carried something in their hearts that they've struggled to admit, hey, you know what, I have not surrendered that to God. I have not surrendered that area to God. And I want to be better at surrendering quicker so that God's light can shine in. Is that good? Is that good? Can I leave that with you? The Bible says the, the enemy prowls like a lion to destroy. And it's when we hide that we give more opportunity for the enemy to destroy. Yet when we stand in the open and we freely give what we have to God, we deny the enemy an opportunity to step into that area. And so I want to bless each person that we will, we, will, we will quickly fix what is broken. You know, it's like a leaking pipe somewhere in the house. The quicker you fix it, the better. It's not going to go away. Anyone hope that a leaking pipe will just stop leaking? It's the same when we do something that's wrong. Unless we actively fix it, it's not going to go away. It's got to be fixed. And here's how you fix it. I was wrong. And this is what I have to give to vindicate your honor, to restore what was broken. 
Something practical, right? Is that good? All right, let's stand. Father, we just want to thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you that you're ministering deep, deep, deep in our hearts. Lord, thank you that we can look forward to this year. That we can look forward to receiving out of your fullness. Not our fullness, your fullness. And so, Father, we receive your grace upon grace. We receive your spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and your favor upon favor. But I pray, Lord, that our lives will be marked by our generosity to give, marked by our ability to give grace upon grace and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And I pray for every relationship that's been broken every relationship that's been hurt through distrust, through anger. I also that you will move in these relationships now and fix them. Give us the courage to draw your blessing into that situation, into these situations that are in our hearts. Lord, that we'll have the freedom to say I was wrong, but this is how I'm going to fix it. Lord, that you will surround us with people who will pray for us and encourage us. People who will call out God's blessing and anointing on our lives. I pray for moments at home this afternoon, moments at work. Lord, that you would fix what's been broken for years in a twinkling of an eye because of hearts that are surrendered to you. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www. BibleMinistry.co.za, where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.